from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. We're with you until 6 o'clock tonight. If you're on your way home, stop by and see us at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Still buzzing uh, is the state of Illinois with that football victory. How many of you folks were there at the game? Nobody, if you did leave early, I'm sure you're not going to admit it. <laughs> but everybody in the state saw a big, uh, a big finish there, and we'll talk a couple of minutes about that. Then we've got a special guest. It's almost basketball season two. We're going to swing into that as well. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Where were you? You were probably holding down the fort at the office, right? I was uh, at the office listening to uh, Evan Kahn scream from the DWS studios, and there was about a 10-second delay listening to the radio and then watching on TV. So Evan would scream something, couldn't tell if it was good or bad, and then you'd watch TV and find out if it was good or not, and then kind of, you know, jump-started coverage. We had some different plans for Sunday's sports section, but uh, Illinois football's win kind of threw those plans out the window and um, we put out a, a fake front page right away that we put out on social media on Twitter and Facebook and then just got to work and cracked the whip on Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen and Lauren Tate to write really good and write really fast. Those guys were already doing that but they, they might were. have, they might have <laughs> had to change their uh, approach to what happened. Bob, what about you as I you watched that game? I, I written a word, thank goodness, but Lauren had to start all over. <laughs> he written a whole that column. Is very, very true. Lauren talked, Lauren talked to me last week and he was going to write a I think he talked to Barry Alvarez, right. the Wisconsin athletic director and former football coach for quite some time and that was going to be the focus of, his, focus of his column and I told him leading into the game, I said, you know, if Illinois wins, you're going to have to write a different column. He goes, I'd sure like to do that, so that's what happened, but I don't know if we'll ever see the light of day, that column he was supposed to write. This is why sports are awesome, that game, because you never know what's going to happen. And you can say, of course, Wisconsin's going to win. They looked like a heavy favorite. They were a heavy favorite. But Illinois came through, played be probably better than they thought capable, and played great and won the game. So that, you go, I love sports because that. Tell me how it works there. In the press box, you guys, were, we're in the, Ed and I are in the radio booth doing our thing. You guys are sitting together pretty much, you and Bob and Lauren. How does it work as the game goes along? Do you, does your assignment change? Do you say, I'll do this angle, you do that angle? Is it kind of a work in progress? Well, the first thing you have to remember, Steve, is they have to control Lauren first off. Which is not possible. That is possible, but difficult. Well, Saturday's game really changed my day because with the 11 a.m. kickoff, Bob was going to handle most of the, the print stories for the next day's paper, and I was going to do mostly stuff online. Uh, then Illinois beat the number six team in the country, so it was all hands on deck. I wrote about James McCourt, who obviously made the game-winning field goal, but also had maybe the most intriguing story I've heard after a football game where he 
blacked out on the field because and he, he was, was stone the, sober too when he yeah, did that he was at the bottom of a, a dog pile of all his teammates and literally couldn't breathe uh so i ended up writing about that which was interesting but yeah it was uh you have to be able to adjust on the fly when uh, maybe the unexpected happens well when he said when he came to he was wondering if it was a dream or not <laughs> by that time he was up on everybody's shoulders and uh, you know a lot of people and i've been around covering illinois since 1981 so everybody was wondering was there a, that the biggest game ever, the, the biggest win ever? The, I don't, I'd say no, it wasn't the biggest game ever, the biggest win ever, but it was the biggest upset. No, not even close. Ever. Not even close. At to, Memorial in Stadium. My mind, yeah. I could find some bigger wins at Memorial Stadium, but more important wins in my mind, the, the Michigan game in 83. Right. But Illinois was a better team. That was not that much of a surprise. I put that game very much in, in line with the Ohio State game in 2007. Right. In terms of significance, the difference was that Illinois team was a lot better going in than this team was. So that's what made it so surprising. Sp- speaking of the uh, the win at Ohio State in 2007, I'm going to surprise somebody here. Kevin Mitchell <laughs> was was on the field at that time, and you were on the field Saturday. Tell me your emotions for both those two games. <laughs> Starting with which one? <laughs> well, how, how did <laughs> How did Saturday compare to that uh, win in Columbus? Well, it, there was a lot of different things going into this game. Uh, we had bigger expectations than and going to Ohio State, so I more so compare it to Penn State for me because we weren't sure exactly. We knew we had some things kind of brewing, but uh, once we – started playing and then you take it to the second quarter, then the third quarter, you build momentum. And then you kind of look around as a team in a unit and when you're believing, you can achieve anything. And that's what was so huge about this victory is because now they see what everybody's been saying. And then that kind of like just forms into something you can't even describe, right? And that's the biggest thing, it's belief. It's believing in what coach has been saying, what everybody else has been saying. It's believing that you can do it and that you can accomplish anything. In your mind, what does that win do for this team and the program under Levy Smith? Well, it's, I think it's still kind of tough to really say, but it adds confidence. You know, um, It adds the belief of, okay, we can actually go out there and execute just like coach has talked about you know we can believe that you know the goals that we achieve we can still accomplish those things you know so it it adds belief but also it keeps them in the running of a bowl game so I mean you know I hope today and then tomorrow they continue just to up their game to where it's like all right we can do this thing but we need everybody including everybody here too thank you Kevin good stuff Kevin Mitchell former NFL defensive back Played on that 2007 team uh, that beat Ohio State in Columbus and uh, went on to the Rose Bowl that year. Any football questions you might have, feel free to uh, jump up and uh, let me know, and we'll get around to you. But uh, we're going to get a head coach's point of view on what a win like that might do. Brad Underwood, a lot of my basketball coaches with us. We're going to talk about his team, but talk about that. I know you, uh, you and Lovey get a chance to visit from time to time, but what, in your mind, can a win like that do for a team? Well, I think you you set as uh, you 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 put wins like that in a in, in their proper perspective because you have the next game starting right away, and you don't sit and evaluate uh, the impact of that win 
until really the end of the season. And you see how all that plays out. I think you have to compartmentalize things. Uh, yes, you gain a ton of confidence. But the one thing that you can't do is, is, is let down. And, and there's always the next game and, until it's the last game. And, and uh, uh, then you sit back and you look and you go, okay, at the end of the year, you know, for us last year, Maryland, Michigan State, you can, you can kind of pinpoint a few things and say those games were big turning points. And uh, uh, yet in that locker room, we all talk about championship locker rooms and winning locker rooms. There's nothing greater in sport than those locker rooms and those moments. And, and, and you want those, those feelings to continue. And, and now it becomes about big picture stuff. It becomes about enjoying those moments week after week after week. And, and, and that bowl game picture now gets back into play. And, and, and those are the things that, that you can shift as a coach and, and form different, uh, uh, maybe a little different mindsets. But at the end of the year, you'll you'll love you'll sit back with that staff and 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 say, hey, yeah, this one was good. But now they know they can play with anybody. Where were you when you found out that the Illini pulled off possibly the upset of the college football season so I far? I was I was actually in our in our practice facility, and uh, we had a, a rather large contingent of recruits in, and uh, we we had a, an afternoon practice that was starting after the football game, and uh, there was a. Uh, there was a couple loud shrieks uh, coming from uh, people's cell phones uh, when we were when uh, when that thing went through, and and that's that's a good feeling. You just you you, you love that feeling and that buzz. Well, the fans stormed the field after that win on Saturday, and your team had a court storming after the Michigan State game. What what do you remember about you know, that moment? Like when the the fans are storming the court, where do you put yourself? How do you well, stay safe? Well, you're safe? trying like hell not to get <laughs> run over and and. <laughs> And, um, you know, and, and I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that, that happened in that moment. And, you know, I think Derek Burson jumped in front of me, and, and all of a sudden he's, he's, you know, Michigan State, I think, went out the other way. And you're just, you're, the excitement level is very, very high. There's no doubt about that. And you, and you want to take that moment in and, and for your players. You want to be able to, to, to relive that moment. And, 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 uh, you know, I think Derek did a did a pretty good job of getting me straight over to a TV camera, and I just and and I turned and watched, and that's what's really fun. That'll be the lasting moment that I have in those. And your initial thought is don't get anybody hurt, and uh, and then enjoy that moment as much as you can. Luckily, they put the goalposts in uh, a lot more solidly these <laughs> days. They won't come down uh, quite as quickly. And get your basketball questions ready. We're going to take a timeout. Come back. We're going to learn more about this Illini basketball team. We'd love to have you join us on the phones as well. 356-9397 is the number. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire Downtown Champaign. We'll be right back. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Live from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign. Catch every game at the Esquire this season from the Illini to the NFL Sunday ticket. We are back at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Monday night sports talk with you until 6 o'clock. If you're on your way home, stop by and see us. Brad Underwood is here. Some local recruiting news of note. Yeah, some, some big news uh, Sunday afternoon, especially for two people in attendance here in Delroy and, and Mickey. Uh, Cam Robinson, who used to come to the show when he was a little bitty elementary school, middle school student, uh, is now committed to play baseball at Louisville. So he's a... Uh, 
pitcher, Champaign Central graduate. So made that decision yesterday. He's down at John A. Logan. So congrats to, to Cam on, and his family on a, a well-deserved accomplishment. Brad Underwood is with us, former high school quarterback, safety, and record-setting kicker. Did you know that about uh, Brad Underwood? 51-yard field goal. So you're saying you could have made the game winner on Saturday against oh, Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? In the state of Kansas. See, see the, 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 the hardest part was that was square toe. Well, so I understand. You know, it's amazing how quickly I learned to tie a shoe. To get one shoe on and one shoe off and, and get lined up. But, uh, yeah, that was a long, long time ago. So you decided that your future was not in football, though? I, uh, I made that decision after my junior year and, and – uh, Obviously, uh, it turned out okay for me. I made the right one. Tell us about your team. You practiced uh, today. You had a practice Saturday after the football game. How are things looking? You're inside of two weeks from the, the first exhibition game and inside of a few days of that super secret uh, scrimmage you've got yeah, coming up. Yeah, it, it's, uh, today was a great day. Um, and I, and I, for the most part, we've, had, uh, we, we've been pretty productive in practice. I think the one thing that you... Uh, you try to do is get everybody up to speed in terms of uh, uh, the pace that we want to play. Um, we've worked very, very hard at, at, at trying to cut back on fouling, on trying to uh, uh, be very precise in our execution. Uh, those things have, have, have all been positive. We've gotten a lot better there. Uh, you know, if you ask me today who I'm starting, I couldn't tell you. Uh, you know, but we're, we're starting to head towards that. And, and that's the beauty of these scrimmages and, and exhibition games is uh, we'll look at a lot of different lineups. We will not play those to necessarily have an outcome when we have more points on, on the board. We'll play those to, to figure our, our, our pluses and our minuses out. But uh, uh, we're working really hard, and I'm, uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been very pleased to this point. Uh, me today, the, the one player you were still waiting to get back on the court was Benjamin Bozeman-Zverdonk. Uh, is he... I, mean, I know he's been cleared, but have you worked him back in for practice? And I guess what are you maybe looking for him to contribute in his first year? Well, we're going to really temper our expectation with Benjamin. And, and he was so good in the three days we had with him this summer. Uh, tomorrow will be his first limited part uh, participation in practice. Uh, we'll have him for about 30 minutes of practice, live activity on the court. It's been a very casual progression. Uh, to get him back into shape, to to make sure that he doesn't re-aggravate anything or re-hurt anything. He's 100%. He told me uh, over the weekend, he said, you know, in the last three years, my body's never felt better than it does now. And that's a that's a tribute to, to, to Fletch and Paul and the job they've done in monitoring his progression. But uh, we'll get him back out tomorrow and, 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 and start, you know, letting him get used to the speed of practice, the physicality of practice. And along with the understanding, he's watched a ton of film. He's done a lot of individual work knowing what we do. But now when you put four other guys around him, we'll, uh, uh, we'll start that process tomorrow. Coach, all the kind words being said, said and written about your team. Don't believe them. In, in, okay, I was going to oh. say, as a coach, is that a good thing? Or how do you feel about that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think we've got to be guarded. I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we've, we've, we know we have to deal with, there's some expectations now. That's exciting. Uh, we should deal with some of those. And, uh, uh, and yet I, I, I keep telling our guys all the time, we're climbing the mountain, but, but till you get to the top, the last part's the steepest, and it's the hardest. And, and, and we've got to keep, uh, 
doing what we do. Don't worry about uh, the day-to-day. -day. Let's think long-term and, and do our job in, a, in an everyday-type manner. Uh, and, and as long as we keep doing that and getting better, uh, that process will, will pretty much take care of itself. Any questions for Brad Underwood? Get your hand up. I'll get a mic to you. Matt? Uh, the first uh, Associated Press Top 25 poll came out today, preseason poll. The next one won't come out, I believe, until the Monday after your first week of the season. You guys are mentioned in there in the receiving votes category. I know it doesn't mean much or you don't you know, want to believe in the preseason hype, but what does that say just about the program when you've got some national respect from a, a national group of voters? Well, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a compliment to our staff. You know, I think it's, it's a, a, a job well done for those guys and in, in, in putting players at, at the University of Illinois in our program that, um, that, that, that are quality young men. They're very good basketball players. They have some next level abilities. Uh, and then I think it, it, it's respect to our players that they're a year older. You know, this is the same team I asked, answered a question earlier today. You know, won 12 games. And yet we, were, we, were, we, we beat some of the best teams in this league. And the best thing about that change is I was a part of a team at Western Illinois that won six games one year. We made the biggest turnaround in college basketball that year. We won 20 the next. And this, is, this team reminds me a lot of that team from the standpoint that uh, the maturity, the weight room, the confidence, all of that stuff is, it, we're seeing that. And we've added a, 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 some young guys that can help us and, and continue to further enhance our growth. But, uh, uh, you know, we have to, we just have to maintain and do what we do every day. And it is nice to get some national recognition. And, and, uh, and yet, you're only as good as your last game. And, and we were only as good as our last practice. And tomorrow will be another one. We had Io and Georgie in the three or four weeks ago, and we're trying to work out a deal to maybe have them in once a month. They, they were pretty popular. <laughs> they kind of they kind of ran the show themselves. Uh, Georgie can do that. <laughs> Georgie can, you know, if you if if I let Georgie run practice, Georgie would run practice as well, too. Uh, but no, I, I think it's it, it's it's the one thing that we look for. Uh, you know, we talk about guys who give energy. Those guys, those guys are energy givers, and, and they don't take the energy out of practice. They're not downers. They're, they enjoy life. And, you know, I, I, one of the things that I'll never forget, it was at, before I went off Twitter, somebody sent me a picture, and it was Georgie just sitting there by himself at a football game, just kind of dancing to the band. I mean, he was in his own world. He was happy as ever. And that's, and that's Io, and, and those guys have tremendous amount of personality they're wonderful human beings and um, you know you like going to practice and being around those guys every day Trent Frazier told uh, Lauren Tate and I on Saturday morning that he is much more vocal Trent said even Fact. to the point uh, even to the point where Georgie said hey man <laughs> you're cutting into my time here he, <laughs> he's, he's talking quite a bit and he's a junior and he's earned that right well there's no doubt I Trent is Trent is a uh, has made another jump in terms of his overall game. And, you know, he came here as a freshman, and, and, and we couldn't get him to say hello. You know, he was that quiet, and, and uh, yet he was very productive. Last year he became a better all-around player. Now, again, he's taking the next step, and that's the leadership piece. And, and uh, uh, he is talking a lot. He's, he's not as loud as Georgie, uh, but he is talking as much as Georgie. And, and uh, you know, when we have a saying that quiet teams lose, 
And uh, when you have five people on the floor, communication is, is of the utmost importance all the time. And, and basketball is a lot of problem solving. Nothing is the same. We talk about transition defense, transition offense. Everything is different. Nothing's the same every single time. So you have to solve problems. And, and the best way to do that is through communication and talking. There's no mind reading. And, and so we've made, uh, uh, we've made huge gains in that area. Has uh, Kofi broken any backboards yet at Oven? At Oven? Not a backboard. We had, to, we had to replace a rim last Friday. It was only up for three weeks. We put up new rims, and he broke it, literally cracked it. So, He's a big uh, human being, is he not? Uh, that's the understatement of the evening so far. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, he's 286 pounds. He's 7 foot. He's got a 7'6 wingspan. Um, I, you know, there's nothing that he does that, that isn't, doesn't have some tenacity to it. Some, he's a ferocious dunker. Uh, and, and those are things that, uh, uh, that, that translate at every level. And uh, he's still learning to play and, and, and play the game. He gets away with some things because of his athleticism and his size. But uh, it's nice to have him on our side. I know one thing, bodies bounce off of him. And, uh, and we haven't seen that here. Got a question from the audience? Yeah. Coach, uh, this is a little bit off subject, but how much do you have to say about revamping Uh, Rebounding? Revamping. Oh, revamping? Changing. Do do coaches have that much to say about changes in in the facility? And how about students? Are students allowed to give some of their opinions on what they'd like to see happen? You know, I I don't know how much the students do. I know we we do. We talk a lot about it. Um, And, you know, I think it's an an ongoing dialogue that happens. but uh, you know, we talk about we talk about all those issues. Every way that we can possibly come up with, from from recruiting to marketing to within our program, the X's and O's to how we handle ourselves in the locker room. Everything's everything's always up for dialogue. And uh, uh, I think one of the things that I, that I take a lot of pride in is myself is self evaluating. And I don't do that at the end of the year. I do that weekly. So. Revamping a lot of things is 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 something that uh, uh, that that we take very serious very seriously. Talking Illinois basketball with Brad Underwood. We'll take a timeout and be back with more. Still time for more questions here at the Esquire. The phone line is open as well. Three five six nine three nine seven. Stay with us. We're back with more in just a moment on Monday Night Sports Talk. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk fourteen hundred with the News Gazette media sports writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. Welcome back to the show, everybody, from the Esquire, downtown Champaign. Nice crowd of Illini fans here. We're talking, we start off talking football, obviously, talking some basketball now. Brad Underwood is with us until shortly before 6 o'clock. Here's a question. It's right over here. Hey, Coach. So uh, the last uh, couple of years since you've been here, you've been a really, really aggressive defense. What's your expectations for the team defensively this year, in particular with Kofi back there as a backstop? Yeah, Kofi gives us a a little different dimension than we've had. Uh, You know, obviously you have a a physical player at 285, 290 pounds, um, and then you also have length. 
And, uh, you know, I've said it many times, one of the things that, uh, that we try to recruit is length. We have seven guys on our roster with, with over a 6'10 wingspan. Uh, that's that's a lot of length, and and that excites us. I think the uh, uh, the other thing is we're a year dialed in uh, in in terms of making fewer mistakes and and having guys that that come off the bench and make fewer mistakes. And and we want teams to 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 have to score through us or to score with 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 a hand in their face, make contested shots. And uh, uh, Kofi helps helps that in every aspect. Uh, you know, Georgie's proven, and I think will continue to that that he can guard out on the perimeter if he has to. Some, obviously, he'll 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 play some in the interior. But uh, yeah, I feel a lot um, a lot more comfortable. We worked really really hard at not fouling as much. Uh, we're trying to to clean that up, and uh, and again, just make teams earn it against us. Don't let's not make a mistake. Let's not make the error that allows them to to get an uncontested easy basket. And, and uh, uh, we've spent a lot of time on that here uh, uh, in these early practices. I've got a young guy in the back of the room who is considering a career in journalism. <coughs> Stand up, sir, and, and ask your question if you would. Brad Underwood. Name is, name is Tate, I think. Uh, I would ask you when you're going to the game. So by the way, Gonzaga beat Michigan State by 15 in one of these secret games. So it's secret, Lauren. You're not supposed to tell people. So in the secret game, how do you really go into it in terms of playing your personnel? I mean, is is there is there a greater effort on on testing people as opposed to winning the game? Oh, there's no doubt. I, I think everybody approaches these things uh, a, l a little bit different, and and. We're actually going to have a practice, and we're going to pra we're do practice drills against each other. Now, as you stat those things out, you know, obviously, you, you want to see how well you're performing. Uh, we'll do some things uh, in the half court uh, where it's just half court offense against the opponent's half court defense and vice versa. Uh, we'll do some, some three possession stuff that is just up and down uh, three possessions. Uh, that way we get an opportunity to look at, at, uh, at certain lineups. Uh, you know, you, we do a, we'll do a segment just solely on baseline outs. And, and uh, we'll go against their defense, they'll go against our defense on baseline outs. And, and, uh, and then we'll do late game situations. So we can work on uh, a few of those things. And then we'll obviously scrimmage um, and, have, and have officials in and do all of that. But, uh, uh, it's more about trying to figure out who can play, who can't. You see somebody else for the first time, and uh, you know I don't get overly concerned with uh, uh, with the outcome. I'm more worried about the execution and and, and who can perform against uh, somebody else. Got another question from the audience. Uh, in a recent article, I saw that Michigan State was listed as number one. Are they going to be that difficult this year? Well, I think it'd be very hard to say they're not going to be very good. Uh, they've got the best. They've got the best player in the league, uh, Cassius Winston. Uh, Cassius, there's nothing you can throw. This is about the advantage of being a senior. There's nothing you can throw at Cassius that he has not seen, and and he's an extremely extremely high IQ player. Uh, he knows Tom's system backward and forward, and that translates to the other players. Um, They've, they've got the one thing that, uh, uh, that we're striving to do. They've got the winning thing figured out. They, nothing rattles them. And Cassius gives them that calming effect. Uh, they'll be good. I, you know, that's why, 
Uh, I think this weekend's a great example of why we uh, kick it off and why we throw them up. And uh, 18 to 22 year olds, you know, it's it, it, anything can happen. It becomes a lot of fun. But Michigan State will obviously be uh, uh, they would be my pick to win it. Um, you know, early on, but uh, we'll see. Got another uh, question from the audience. After the practice game, will you and Martin have a chance to get together? Who? Uh, who are we playing? <laughs> I don't know. That, that. And, and critique one another. Will uh, you be doing that with him? Absolutely. And I think one of the one of the great things about these, and I, I've done this uh, with 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 everybody, is is we try to uh, uh, let opposing coaches come talk to our team, and I go talk to theirs. And, and it just gives you a little bit of an insight, a different voice uh, to hear what they think, positive, negative, things to work on. And uh, that's why these things uh, are, are so wonderful, is you, get a, you, can, you, can, you can utilize that time uh, in so many ways to, uh, uh, to, to help make your team better. And that's why they're invaluable. Another question here for the audience. Go ahead, sir. Coach, there is a... Uh, a shortage of basketball officials at the high school level and do you see that trend continuing and are you concerned about where the collegiate officiating um, is going no, no one I, from the Big Ten office is listening to your response I, I don't um, you, you know I think this I think that um, uh, officiating is very hard and very difficult I think the one thing that separates us is the salary we pay. College basketball officials make a very, very, very good living. Um, you know, I don't know what this year's fee is. I think somewhere between 3500 and 4000 a game. Um, so, you know, there's, it's not the $50, it's not the $50 or $100 uh, a game like they make in high school or whatever that fee is, I don't know. Uh, but uh, these guys make a lot of money, and a lot of them are doing them full-time. And uh, so we expect top-quality officiating in the Big Ten, so I don't foresee that being a problem. Since we're hitting on a bunch of different topics, uh, Champaign-Urbana is putting together a bid to try and get the state basketball championships back uh, in town. Just how involved with that are you? And I guess what's your take on the possibility, at least, that uh, state basketball could be back at State Farm Center? Well, I think it's, again, I'm a little bit old school in this way, and I think it's boys basketball is played at the scholastic level, and, and, and education is wonderful, and it's a big part of it. I think, to me, it just makes sense that it should be at an institution of higher education and at, at the university level. I mean, we're the, we're, the, we're the feature university in this state, and... Uh, uh, I think it's impacted. I think if you ever hear Deion Thomas's story of why he came to Illinois, he had never been to Champaign. He had never been in, at, at that time, Assembly Hall. He'd never been there. He knew as soon as he drove down the tunnel and walked through there, this is where he wanted to be. And, and I think young people for generation after generation after generation not just impact the men's basketball program, uh, it impacts future students, and they grow up wanting to be a part of that orange and blue. They see it on TV. They, they see the orange crush. Uh, you know, on the other side of that, it, it's, it's, there's a dollar and uh, dollars made, dollars uh, that can be used and spent here in the community. Uh, so I think it's a tremendous economic impact as well, and, and I would love to see it here.
you mentioned basketball basketball IQ for some of your players. Generally, are you seeing that go up across the board in college basketball? You think the kids are better equipped, better mentally than they were, you know, maybe 20 years ago? Well, I think that's 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 a that's a double-edged sword there. I think that uh, they play so much. Okay. Um, they play year-round. Uh, that that they're there's nothing they haven't seen. They've they've played okay. against you know Kofi played against the best competition in the country. He played all over the country. They traveled. Uh, that that stuff doesn't bother him anymore. Uh, you know when they play for 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 really good high school coaches that helps because you know that things have been demanded, things have been asked of them. Uh, you know I think it's I think overall it's getting better. Uh, I think we're, um, you know, we're also understanding that the world is catching us, um, and 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 you know, a young man like like Benjamin comes here and and just the game's easy for him. He sees it. He's you know, he's a pass ahead. And and uh, but um, yeah, I think overall there's there's nothing we can really give these guys that they haven't seen, um, you know, prior to they play a lot of basketball today. The three-point line has become such an integral part of basketball, and it's moving back this year in college basketball. How do you think that's going to affect your team, uh, especially early on in, in the first few weeks of the season at all? Uh, you know, I, I think shooters shoot it and make it. And I think, I think it, it may impact a little bit, maybe one guy on the team. Um, I, don't, I don't see a great change. You know, and I, I use our team for Italy. We had four games over there. Uh, we shot the ball really, really well. Uh, Alan Griffin, our guys don't have any problem jumping up and shooting that thing. Where you get maybe a little difference will be the power forwards, the stretch forwards, um, who are 29, 30, 31%. Maybe your approach in guarding them becomes a little bit different because their percentages may go down. They're not as comfortable. But uh, uh, I love it. I love seeing the line back. Uh, it opens the court for, for and creates a little more space for bigs. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think we'll, you know, it, we'll reevaluate that at the end of the year when we've got a, a year of statistics to, to, to truly tell. But I don't see it'll be in a lot of, uh, a lot of difference. Another question here in the audience. Is the line still shorter than the, than the pro line? Yes, yes. The only place it is the pro line is in the corner. That has been the biggest change. Uh, the, the, the FIBA line and now the college line uh, and it's unique. We haven't just jumped in with everybody. Uh, the Division II level, uh, high schools, Division III level, they're not going to the, to the new arc until next year. Um, but what it's really changed is in the corners. It is the NBA line in the corners, and that's really changed some footwork. We spent a lot of time this summer uh, changing that. There's not a lot of room between the three-point line and stepping out of bounds. So. Um, you know, I would say early you may see some guys who haven't mastered their footwork stepping out of bounds with that. Another five or six minutes with uh, Brad Underwood. Raise your hand if you have a question. You uh, talked a little bit before we went on the air about seeing somebody different on the other side instead of playing against your own guys all the time. You'll get a better idea how you might utilize Kofi and Georgie at the same time. Talk a little bit about that and how you envision that playing out. Well, I, you know, I think one of the things we all as coaches become very guilty of is we see our team every single day. And so we find all of our shortcomings and we find all of our mistakes. And, and, and we, we, when we guard, you know, we, we know what's coming. 
You know, our players on the defensive side know what's coming. And you have to watch that you don't form bad habits. One of the great things about these is, is, is now you put your principles really into play. And, and you've got to be very, very sound in what you do and, and, and so on. And now we'll get to look against different competition to see how those two play together. Uh, you know, everything we've seen to this point because of the, the visa issue, uh, Kofi didn't go to Italy. So this will be the first time against different competition we've seen that. And uh, uh, I'm really excited for that. You've referred to Andres Feliz as a glue guy for your team. What intangibles does he bring that, that make you better? So he's the guy that is, is very seldom ever makes a mistake. He's just an unbelievable steadying force. And, and if you know Dre, uh, you know what a wonderful, I mean wonderful human being this kid is. And, and yet he is as fierce a competitor. I, you know, he's just a pit bull, you know, from a competition standpoint. So you know you're getting that competitive level of the very, very high. He's a very, very good leader. He's not as vocal maybe as some of our other guys, but he is just as valuable a leader as anybody we have. And he's a guy that uh, uh, doesn't make mistakes. And, and one of the great things about coaching that, that we want to get with with as many players as we can is trust. And, and I know he's thinking like me. There's tremendous trust in Dre. And, and uh, uh, he's smart. He's got a high IQ. He understands the game. He understands what we're looking for. He doesn't just know his spot. He knows everybody on the team spot. And, and that brings everybody together. And, and, uh, and he, everybody on the team has so much respect for Dre. Coach, I know you can't talk about specific recruits when it comes to future classes at all. But when you and the staff sit down together and plan out a, a weekend where recruits are going to be on campus, what do you guys try to highlight to make the most out of that weekend? Football wins like this weekend. <laughs> Um, we had an we had an unbelievable weekend. We had an unbelievable weekend, and and uh, uh, that energy, that vibe that happens uh, pregame, that 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 vibe that happens within a stadium, uh, the vibe that hap happens after, it's so important. Uh, winning is one of the most contagious things out there, and and you start looking, and and, and I go back to Oklahoma State, that my time there, every team won. And everybody wants to be associated with winners. And, and, and it's fun for, for those teams to intermingle and, and know that there's pros on the golf team, there's pros in football, there's, there's pros on the baseball diamond, and right on down the list, and, and volleyball, wherever it may be, and that they interconnect and they all have one thing in common, and that's the desire to win. And, and so we talk about that a lot. This weekend was a was, – was a was a ex very very exciting one for us because of the young people that we had on campus, and for them to have that experience, oh man, that's not something they forget, and and uh, they'll know what that vibe was like, uh, and they don't forget that, and and so much of it is energy, and kids 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 thrive on that, and uh, so couldn't get any more energy than what they had Saturday about two thirty like to see that energy uh, continue. Illinois football on the road this week at uh, West Lafayette to take on Purdue, 11 o'clock game. The Illini go in as an eight-point underdog, so I guess this would be a second straight upset should uh, Illinois win that game. You can hear it right here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network. That music means we're about out of time. The first exhibition game 
is a week and a half or so away. Next yeah, Friday week. night. Yeah, a week from Friday. Yep. Against Lewis, 8 o'clock on a Friday night at the State Farm Center. Brad Underwood, everybody. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Thank coach. you. I appreciate Thanks, being coach. here. For Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bond, Lauren Tate, who's in the house. I'm Steve Kelly. We appreciate you listening. We're here every Monday night through football and basketball season from 5 to 6 o'clock. So we'll have Coach on a little bit later on in the year perhaps as well. Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate you listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night, everybody.